Hi, welcome to Made to Create. I am here today with my good friend, Pam Martin Johnston. She is the owner of Serendipity Design. She is an interior designer um, professionally and just, uh, I think, uh, an all-around um wonderful person and very creative person from what I've seen. Um, and so I want to introduce her to you all. Pam, do you want to say hi and just tell everyone a little bit about what you do and maybe a little bit about what you do with um, Serendipity Design? Awesome. Hi. Um, so I am um, an interior designer by trade. I've been doing that for about 15 years. Um the majority of which was with some big companies. And then I kind of created serendipity design on my own about eight years ago. And, and it was primarily focused on, you know, um, side kind of side jobs that were smaller or, you know, were friends and family kind of projects. Um, and just a year ago left my, my big company job and, um, and went out on my own. So I focus on um, mostly remodeling projects, but I've done Whole home construction design from the ground up, and um, and then even you know pretty small little projects like a powder bath or whatever people need help with. So yeah, so and we were just talking about this offline, and I know I hear and and for a while I was even a little bit confused about um, some of the semantics and terminology around like interior design and then, um, you know, interior decorators and, and how those two kind of differ in terms of the focus. Can you maybe explain that in case some of our listeners who are kind of in that same place? Yes. So interior design, um, is a, a, a certification or a, um, in a degree in my case, a bachelor of fine arts degree. Um, it, is a required, um, you know, set of tools in order to structurally um, amend a home. Uh, kind of what we do is we pick up where an architect would leave off, or we work hand in hand with an architect. Where architecture mm-hmm. is focused on the shell of a building, um, interior design is focused on the interior um, aesthetics. So a lot of times we we can kind of be synonymous with interior architecture. Um, whereas interior decorating is, is just that it's interior decorating. So, um, for example, in my situation, a lot of times we have projects, um, like let's say a kitchen project that we would call like an R and R a remove and replace. Mm -hmm. So if everything is kind of staying in its own space, um, sometimes a decorator, you know, can take on that because people are looking for a new color or new, you know, cabinet style Mm -hmm. countertops. Um, but structurally, um, you know, if we're talking about how to put things together and that meets code and that is, um, you know, done in the correct way that, you know, is uh, for licensing and that is going to be permitted, especially that requires a professional interior designer. Okay. So that's, that's where I'm at. And I obviously I do both. So and there's a lot of science even to, you know, the new cabinets. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot that goes into that other than the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember when, when we met up for coffee, some of it seems like decades ago now um, in COVID time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, I, I remember kind of talking about this is not really where you kind of started professionally speaking, um, which I thought was really interesting because I know, my own professional journey has really taken some twists and turns that I never thought, and I'm sure conti- will continue to, because I think that really just kind of 
fits into my personality really. But where did you, uh, how, how did you kind of land in where you're at now? Um, well, it's funny because it, 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 I think all of my jobs have just sort of been a landing rather than like a, mm-hmm. I'm going to seek it out, um, so to speak. So I, um, while I was still in high school, I started working at the Rancho Bernardo Inn, um, which certainly wasn't my intent either to be in hospitality. It was just, you know, somebody said, hey, they're hiring over there. And I walked in and yeah. got hired on the spot. So um, that became a, you know, big love of hospitality. And it uh, really engulfed my world, you know, tons of great friendships, lifestyle, met my husband. Um, and I was in hospitality for 17 years. But in a you know, in a resort, a high-end mm-hmm. resort atmosphere, it's very challenging on uh, family life. Mm-hmm. So when baby number three was born, it was, um, you know, we just kind of looked at each other and was like, I can't hand off another child at Christmas or, you know, Thanksgiving yeah. day or just, it was too much for the two of us to both be in that industry. So I stayed home and opened up a childcare business and, um, you know, started thinking about what, do I want to do? What can I do? And one thing when you're trapped in the house with eight little littles, mm-hmm. um, you go a little stir crazy unless you have a creative outlet. Yep. <laughs> so I started looking for um, how I could pursue something creatively that would also get me, um, you know, to finish school. Cause that's one thing in the hospitality industry. It's, it's very easy to kind of stop the path that you think you're on because there's mm-hmm. so much and so I had gotten to a point where I was working, you know, six, sometimes seven days a week and um, and had stopped going to school and had kind of left my degree hanging. So um, I I found that San Diego State had an amazing program in interior design. And bef- this is, you know, for me, being a complete layperson also at that time, I did not put design and art in the same category. But when I discovered it was a uh, Bachelor of Fine Arts, and that all of the undergrad work was like sculpture and drawing and painting. I was like, oh my gosh, perfection! So I started taking night classes, and it was just the the best therapy for um, being <laughs> stuck with little little kids in the day, and then being able to draw for three hours at night. And um, and then I just kind of followed that. And when I you know got to um, you know the degree portion of interior design and realized really what I was going to be getting into. Um, mm-hmm. And there's so many avenues that that can take you. I mean, a lot of interior design, you know, grads go into, you know, furniture design or furniture sales or wallpaper or fabrics or whatever. Um, but what I discovered about myself, or I kind of always knew is that, yes, I do have a very creative side, but I also have a more of an engineer brain. Um, mm-hmm. And my architecture professor used to love to tell me that he would say stop thinking like an engineer <laughs> like go <home laughs> bring a six pack then draw don't <laughs> just stop your brain from thinking so much so um when i graduated i um knew that i wanted to be in remodeling i wanted to be in something where i could both be involved on the construction side and the design side, because that mm-hmm. makes it really balances my brain out. And I love that. I love being able, I mean, my favorite class in um, undergrad was sculpture. I liked working with the tools and, you know, mm-hmm. just discovering like, you know, how to do all of these things that were like involved lumber and glass blowing and all that kind of stuff. So that um, for me was really great as, you know, to know that like I could actually 
you know, use both sides of my brain. And then when I started interacting with clients and helping them, um, you know, with their homes, I realized that hospitality was the best background for that because it's all customer service and knowing how to, you know, how to handle people in a professional manner. Huge. So that's, um, that's where I landed. Yeah. And I love that, that idea of it being a landing too, because I think, you know, a lot, a lot more people do that, that have that kind of experience in terms of really their life, whether professionally or, or otherwise kind of taking them into places that they never thought they would. Um, but I love that idea that where you are right now, even if you're not sure, A, why you're there or if you want to be there long term or in another, like I always hated that question um, about, you know, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> How am I supposed to know? Um, and if, frankly, I don't know that I really want to know the answer to that. But I love the idea that even those spaces that we're in right now, they're in preparation for what lies ahead, right? And right. Um, I know you and I both have a, a faith background. And so I, I, you know, I'll speak for myself, but I, I'm sure that, you know, you kind of would, would be along the same mindset that, you know, that's by no accident either. Right. Um, and so, and, and that's really been for me, those times when I'm, I'm kind of feeling in a rut. Um, it's nice to be able to look back and remember, Oh yeah. Remember, you know, 10, 15 years ago when, um, you know, I had no idea what was ahead and, and I never would have been able to imagine what I'm experiencing right now. Right. And so just kind of trusting that process and that everything um, can be used. Absolutely. And I I wouldn't trade any of that. I mean, I love, Mm -hmm. um, I I love telling people, you know, I kind of grew up in a, in a five-star hospitality background and knowing, (laughs) knowing that I have that, you know, set of tools and, um, you know, and I, I, even prior to that, I, it's funny, I was a, a marine biology major. I was convinced from the first time I saw Shamu that that was my life. And I was five years old on, I was going to be, you know, a whale trainer or something, but um, yeah, when I graduated, uh, finally, my brother said, I hope that you designed the best restaurant SeaWorld's ever seen. (laughs) 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 Just throw it all in there. Um, But I, I love that, you know, your path, and I think it's something I really try to impart upon my kids um, is that you can't decide your path. We, that's, that's a, such a fallacy. We don't, we don't have that opportunity really. We can try to control it as much as we can, but when you're open to, um, you know, kind of going where each next footstep leads you, you know, you'll, you'll discover good things. Yeah. Well, and I think obviously, you know, we make decisions in our life, you know, and sometimes there's like a, you know, like I've, I've certainly had moments where there's like these perceived forks in the road, but at the end of the day, it's, I think I've gotten a lot more, um, out of, out of my experiences and out of life when I've just kind of leaned into opportunities and just kind of stayed with, with an open mind and curiosity, um, and not try to control it. Um, And it's, it's in those moments or times of life when I'm trying to control things that I've got more anxiety, that I've got more uncertainty um, than those times when I just kind of lean into what's happening um, and and be okay with, um, you know, well, maybe this isn't going to work out. and But, but at the end of the day, um, I might come out with some really great experiences that, you know, I think are, are supposed to have been 
been experienced. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, thinking about being a creative, I mean, that's kind of how it is in the creative process too, right? Where you, mm-hmm. you know, you can only tweak something so many times before you realize like, no, it's going to come to life how it's supposed to come to life, you know? Mm-hmm. And which is um, a great kind of not segue, but I, I was also hoping that you could kind of share what that journey has been like um, going into your own business too, which I think is a, a really um, connected um, part of your story from what we're talking about now. And so, because you, and I actually had kind of, I knew this, but I I'd kind of um, forgotten somewhat about this part of your story about, you know, that you were with, um, with a bigger company before and, um, and then you kind of broke out into doing your own thing. And so I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about what was it like just kind of making that decision and what kind of spurred that on and and what's that been like since? Well, um, so I think for me, it was, it was a long process of thinking about it, knowing that the environment that I was in was not always the best suited for me personally, um, Mm -hmm. that I'm not, it, it it was a well-oiled machine, which is great. And Mm -hmm. they, they do great business, but I'm, I like to be a little bit more, um, self-thinking, I think sometimes. And, um, I was leaving little time for, for life and things that were important. And, um, you know, my, my faith and, um, other passions that I had. So, when I kind of started getting the inkling that I needed to maybe get out, it wasn't, um, I mean, there was, there was some negativity that I wanted to, you know, get away from, but that, you know, you don't, when you're in a big company and that's what you're, you know, it it is this well-oiled machine and you're very like, you know, structured every day to, to allow your brain to think like, okay, how do I do this business without, um, that same structure and that, um, you know, all of that assistance, I mean, from having multiple departments and, you know, multiple assistants, people helping me every day, how can I possibly think about, you know, replicating that on a small scale? So knowing that I, you know, was developing trust among, you know, getting a lot of referrals from people that I had done side jobs for. So it, it had started to kind of branch out from, you know, from friends, very tight friends to like friends of friends and, you know, was trusted. And then I think um, listening to your own voice, I sometimes when I give advice or when people seek out advice for me um, about something simple and I listen to myself talk, I think, wow, you know, a lot. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. instead of just being told how to do something every day, like trusting that I, I actually know a lot about construction, yeah. about design, and that I have those tools in my tool bag. And then um, knowing that, you know, I'm able to, we all are able to put our priorities in our life in, you know, in the right order. And that mm-hmm. um, it's okay to do that, to, to sometimes be able to walk away mm-hmm. from things. And so it was really important for me to leave on good terms. I didn't want to... Um, you know, get angry one day and walk out. I, I did almost yeah. a couple of times. Um, and so in the end, you know, I made it about me and what I wanted more for my life, which was to mm-hmm. pursue working with Uncommon Good, to have the freedom to do that, to, um, you know, to wake up and take my dog for a walk instead of fighting traffic at 7 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. To be able to do things um, with my family and friends that 
I could choose to do. And, um, and then also to just be creative on my own, you know, mm-hmm. in my own style, in my own manner. So, um, I will say that initially it is hard. It was hard. Um, I, one of the things I decided that was not the smartest was knowing that I was going to quit. I started saying yes to every side job. Um, and then I, I was still working full time for a few months. And so I was in, it wasn't got crazy. I had 10 jobs on the side and and so, you know, trying to do it all and do it well is not, um, not good. And that's something I can, I have a little history of, of, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none, you have to be Mm -hmm. able to really start pulling back and, and knowing that you want to give the best possible service too. So Mm -hmm. So now um, it's, <clears throat> for me, been a, really insightful to learn from those times. So that first, you know, few months and even before that um, side jobs that I had and, in, in, um, you know, how did, what taste did I leave with those clients? Did it all go well? Are, you know, could it have gone better? And so really looking at that and also then like how do, what, what kind of clients are best suited for me? What do I want to take on, mm-hmm. you know? I can't say yes to everything. And because a lot of people don't understand the difference between an interior decorator or interior designer, I will always, probably once a week, get, can you help me with window coverings? And I'm like, (laughs) not really. Sure, I can refer you to somebody, but you have to know what you can take on that Mm -hmm. is going to be the best use of your time. And, you know, so what's, I think for me been really great is knowing who is in my basket that I can refer those people to, you know, and, mm-hmm. and follow up and make sure that they're well taken care of, but I don't have to handle yeah. everything. So, yeah. Do you feel like um, now reflecting back on that time when you were and, and I think that's about the time that I started to get to know you was when you're in that kind of um, state of just being, you know, in between the, you know, your, your previous job and then starting serendipity design and then having all these clients. So I remember that kind of coming into some of the conversation, mm-hmm. just, you just constantly when, you know, when it, we talk about like, Oh, how are you doing? I, I remember just the automatic response was always just like really busy. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> do you feel yeah. like that would, Oh, go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say that's so destructive to the creative process. You know, it really is. And I learned that looking back on my time with the big company, that I wasn't my most creative self. Because mm-hmm. when when you're being push, 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 there's plenty of times when you're just like, yeah, that's fine. You know, that looks good. Mm-hmm. So I'm done. And I don't. So, you know, being a small business owner now, time is money. You have to be efficient, but you also have to allow yourself the space to be like, okay, I want to think about this. I want to plan it well. I want to be excited about it. And so um, I think it's, it's okay to tell people, yeah, it's going to be, you know, give me a week or whatever that may be, whatever your time frame looks like, and that you're going to get the best out of me instead of like, yes, I'll have that for you tomorrow. I, I, I don't yeah. overcommit because it's not going to be the best solution. Do you feel like part of that experience having gone through that was just what we talked about that um, kind of striving for, for control and being able to, cause right. You were kind of in between knowing that you were kind of, um, branching out on your own. And to me, like I hear that and, and, and 
even in those moments, you know, that must have been really exciting to know that you're branching out on your own. But I'm sure that there was some sense of like anxiety and just kind of the unknown, right? So do you feel like that was part of it, um, of, of that taking on so much was just trying to, in a way, kind of control the outcome or prepare for what was ahead? Yes. <laughs> Which is also, you know, I say like, oh, you got to take a leap of faith. But meanwhile, I'm like with a calculator, you know, <laughs> so like, I know, I know how much do I need to have in the bank and how many jobs is that and how much, you know. So, um, yes. And, and I, you know, one of those people that thrives under chaos. I like, uh, you know, I do my best work. Like even I go back to like being in design school, you know, staying up all night for a presentation. Um, but that's not, it's not healthy on a regular basis. Sometimes it's, it is what you need in the creative process and it's great because you feel so good, but you can't, you can't do that all the time. You you definitely can't, you can't sustain that for sure. No. And I think it's important and it's a huge lesson I've learned, especially again, like in my faith journey is to stop glorifying busy. That's not what the world needs. That's not what we all need to hear all the time. Um, and it's a, I don't, I don't want to say it's an excuse because it's always been true, but I realize I'm the one that's making that I'm making myself busy. So, right. you know, knowing like, okay, yes, if I say yes to everything, um, that's okay. But say yes in a manner that is going to allow you the creative space to take your time. So I might say yes to a big job, but I tell them, Yes, I would love to help you with that. Here's my time frame. You know, I'm I'm scheduling two weeks out right now, you know, and then right. giving yourself, you know, what you need to succeed is, is so important without, you know, killing yourself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's really what in the current state of things we're having to, for better or worse, and whether we want to or not kind of face that reality too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and we, we talked about this, um, on a zoom call last week. It's like, there, you know, what? ultimately there is going to be some good that comes out of this, that we recognize that slowing down the world is, is needed, you know, mm-hmm. to some extent. I mean, it's, it's good. It's better for our environment. It's better for our, you know, mental health. It's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. um, they're, family time is fantastic, you know? So there are going to be some pluses of that and um, learning to, you know, be, to work my business, be creative and, um, you know, in, in the right time frame, and not just be like, okay, I have all day now I can sit and watch Netflix. Not to say Mm -hmm. I have not done that. I have, (laughs) but sometimes that's okay. You've got to shut your brain down too. So I, you know, it, it, it is going to be, you know, great lessons having, you know, learned from this, I think. Yeah. Um, I know one thing that came up earlier was the idea that in your field, right, you're having to interact and collaborate with a lot of other folks, right? And so you've got the the architects and then you've got the, it in order to take a project really from start to finish, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, you go in and, and like you're saying, you know, someone wants to, kind of remodel the the kitchen or move some cabinets around or things like that, you know, that seems like a, a little bit more, um, I don't want to say straightforward because I have no idea what it's <laughs> to be in your field, but um, more so than, you know, building a house from the ground up, doing the, you know, the exterior, then the interior. And then, you know, if someone is really, you know, bringing in someone for like the the design or the, the decor aspect, then that's, 
um, a whole nother level on, on its own. Um, but I know you've talked about before um, working with the architects and, you know, working with other um, decorators and things like that. And so um, how does that creative process come out in those um, like collaborative projects? Like how, how does, how have you seen creativity coming out in, in collaboration? Oh my gosh, that is the best part. Um, and I, that is what I miss the most about working with mm-hmm. the team. Um, and I'm really fortunate that I, because I left on good terms and I'm close to everybody there, I, um, I would call on them if I need something. Mm-hmm. I had no problem, you know, calling up um, some of my former co-workers and run, running something past them. Um, one of the greatest tools that I learned also in design school, which was scary as heck the first time, but standing up and presenting um, and, you know, just really putting your vulnerability out there, like ripping yourself open because um, I had a really, really tough um, director of the department and she would say, give two criticisms and one compliment, not even Uh allowing, you know, basically wanting your fellow classmates to pick things apart. Um, But towards the end, I, I would wait for those moments. Like, yes, tell me, tell me what I need to fix, you know? And that's what we do when we collaborate because it really then opens up your mind to, you know, the parts that you can't see. And I love that. I love collaborating with um, the architecture department and mostly because sometimes I find that the floor plan I already drew was the best one. And so that's exciting. Um, but they always have a different perspective. And I think it's so important. I mean, it's just, I think that, that that's important in all of life, but mm-hmm. especially in creativity that like what you see is marked by your own blinders, you know, to a certain extent. And so um, I, for me, how a job starts, like, for example, I, I'm working with somebody in my neighborhood and they want to add a huge master suite. Um, and so what I do is I tell them, you know, if there is going to be a permit, we there will be another person that will have to come in and create the construction document. So I might draw mm-hmm. them plan, but at some point then I'm going to call in somebody who works in architecture. Architecture is tricky because they're not all licensed architects. Same with interior design. There is a very, very, very complicated, you know, like passing the bar kind of test to get there. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who are architectural designers who are, or structural designers, we call them. Essentially, they're doing the architect's work. So I have a handful of those people I call upon and um, I will um, meet with the client, make that introduction to them. I will do the floor plan. We will collaborate on it. We'll make tweaks based upon their recommendations. And then they'll create construction documents, you know, uh, 3D imaging um, go, they will handle getting the permit. They will handle sending it off to structural to get stamped. Um, and then it comes back to me. So at that point, you know, whatever I, I think, you know, I may have created this great floor plan. It will get tweaked because mm-hmm. structural is going to say, no, you, you know, you have to have a bigger window or you can't put that there or whatever. So that, you know, you kind of get the ball rolling and then you come back with new ideas, you know, new, um, you know, requirements. And then I take that new plan and then I start, um, you know, working with like, what do we need in here? If we're putting in a shower, what is that going to look like? How many shower heads? Is there going to be a bench? What kind of tiles appropriate? How high is this wall? How, you know, in putting all those parts and pieces together, cabinetry, countertops, faucets, plumbing. And so then I make all of those selections 
Um, and then I put all of that together, usually in a binder um, for a contractor. We start then looking for um, the right contractor to fit the job. And for me, that's really, you know, that can be anybody, but typically it's best if they've worked with a designer so that they know that they're taking direction um, from me just so that we're ensuring that those designs are implemented the way that they have been drawn. So I, I draw it all in AutoCAD um, and then I have all of the specifications for all of the things that, you know, we are putting in that, you know, are supplied to them. So it should be like literally a book that they open. Here's how you build it. And, mm-hmm. um, and then of course we get down to the end and we put in paint and, you know, some furnishings and stuff like that. And if I need, if somebody says, can you do furniture? I will say absolutely. And then I will call a friend who can do furniture. <laughs> we work on that together because I know what I like, but that's not my aesthetic. Um, and I, right. I, always, I always tell people, you, you, could, you know, if they get very comfortable with me and very trusting and I, that the greatest thing that's come out of my career is really wonderful new friendships with people because I, um, that's where my greatest strength plays is building relationships during this process. And they say, you know, no, I, I, I want you to do it. I only trust you. And I say, no, it, this is like me walking into a Hallmark store. I would have to read every card before I could tell you is the right one. You want the person who's going to say, this is what you need. Here's three options. Uh-huh. That can help you with the three options at that point. But that's not my aesthetic. So um, use those people wisely. And uh, I love that I have, you know, I, I know who to call. I mean, I've, I've got a project right now in Ocean Beach with a fireplace you know, just got demoed and it's like, okay, here's who we need to call to make sure that it's structurally sound, that you're, you know, you're going to have the right um, CO2 emissions, you know, mm-hmm. and how are we going to cover it and what we're going to do. So you just are, I'm able to, you know, pull from my network that I've developed over the last 15 years um, by being in the, you know, remodeling industry and um, use the right people. So it's great. I love that mm-hmm. part. That's awesome. Um, has um how how have things been with with serendipity design? I mean, just in the like have things slowed down a little bit because of where we're at in the world or what's that been looking like? Um I will say, you know, I I went from having a potential of 14 projects, which was a little scary, to down to probably about 10. Um, and that doesn't mean that those four are not gonna happen later. Um mm-hmm. There, it's just gotten quiet, which, you know, is fully what I expected. I think personally, the first month, I just kind of was in a waiting mentality of like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, everybody will understand that the world is taking a break and I don't necessarily have to, you know, be on the you know daily hunt for projects or, or working on even the current ones that I have. Um, but that shifted um, because I have I had three that were actually under construction. And so those houses, <laughs> they have to keep moving. People right. That's not going to Yeah, they're not going to they don't want to quarantine with no kitchen. So um, and because, you know, that it's a little fuzzy gray area, but because construction was considered essential. I think it's it's more, you know, obviously, if you need a plumber or an electrician or things like that, because you you know, your home is um, in dire straits. So some of those, you know, we can kind of make amends for when a house is completely gutted. So yes, those projects mm-hmm. are forward. Um, but now um, I ha- I just had a new consult on Thursday, um, you know, and it was a lovely retired couple who wants to build a home office. And I showed up mm-hmm. with my mask on and they got their masks and, you know, yeah. we, we talked and 
And I think it's fine. I mean, I, as long as people are comfortable, I think, um, you know, financially that that's going to be a little different. Um, but one of the things that's really interesting is people are spending a lot of time in their home and they're finding things that they need to fix or want to fix. So, Mm -hmm. um, I'm currently in the process of putting together like a little postcard, just basically saying just that. So now that you've spent some time in your home, you know, <laughs> what do you want to do? Um, so for me, you know, it's, it's moving along and I, you know, I've got, um, I've got some good things in the works and I'm not concerned, but overall as a whole, I think our industry probably will slow down a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I think that's, um, that makes a lot of sense. I, I know I was telling you even before we started recording that that's been a lot of what, because we've been spending so much time at home and I'm personally, I, I, I need things to feel like efficient and not so much. Um, I don't get, I don't know, over into like organization per se, but I, I want things to like make sense and I want things to be easy. So like the kids room, I mean, it's, you know, the toys, there's a, a space for all the toys to go, but it doesn't all make sense and it doesn't all make, it, it's not all easy to access. And so like, I don't want my kids to have to dump out a gigantic toy box to find like the one like teeniest tiny toy at the bottom of it. Right. And so that doesn't yeah. feel like a great, um, yeah, it's just not accessible. Like I, I want things to feel accessible. And so that's what we've been spending a lot of our time just, you know, and we're in an apartment, so there's not a lot we can do structurally, but things like, you know, okay, maybe we can, you know, in the broom closet, instead of having just all the, brooms and cleaning stuff all shoved in one, maybe I can put up some command hooks and like make it just a yeah. little bit more easy to access and more functional. So functionality I know is really important to me. And, and when you're having to be faced with it every single day, all day long, really? it's, yeah, it, it feels, I don't know, just very essential to get that kind of put together. Yeah. And honestly, that is, I mean, I feel like that is probably the most important aspect of what I do is people, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously it's a creative job and that that will always drive our industry. Like what's the newest, latest, you know, everybody wanted white cabinets and then gray or Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, But function over form, you got to live in your house. It's got to feel, you know, if if you're constantly, you know, walking past something and bumping your hip every single time, eventually you're going to right. like that, you know? And so I think, um, it, it can be small fixes. Like you said, sometimes mm-hmm. you mean it's just little things that make sense, but I think that is a great, you know, representation of like on a bigger scale. Yeah. That, you know, there's things that you can do to always make it a little bit better. Yeah. And actually that's great. Cause I know, um, when I, I was talking with Cody earlier and I was like, Oh, do you have any, like, you know, thinking about yourself as a listener, is there anything that you'd want to hear from Pam, you know, like what, in, in terms of like a question that you'd want to have answered. And he was really interested in that idea of like, how does creativity show up? Not just in the aesthetics, but in the functionality of, um, interior design. Um, so I don't know if you have more to say on that, but that seems to be kind of like where that, you, you know, we are going with that. Yeah, I think, um, again, that's kind of one of the fun parts. It's like, okay, you're given a set of parameters, you know, by code, which in California, there's some pretty strict things. So knowing like, you know, what can we do with that? How can we make things fit within? um, And like kitchen design is a perfect example, you know, with cabinetry and, you know, putting things together, like, you know, you're going to need certain parts and pieces. How can we get the best out of those parts and pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. 
like, you know, a corner in a kitchen, what is the best use of that instead of it being like a a vacancy? And so Mm -hmm. um, putting all of that, thinking about how someone functions in a kitchen, um, which obviously in my household was an important part, really, that's kind of one of the things that got me interested in this process was during our time of me trying to figure out what I was going to do with life, we, um, we moved into our current home and remodeled it. And I didn't know anything Mm -hmm. about it. But in the middle of that, I realized that nobody was thinking about those things. And, you know, and my husband being a professional chef, it was like, wait a minute, you know, aren't we going to need like a set of drawers here or where are the spices going to go or what that's Mm -hmm. Um, our, there's a, a very essential part to um, an interior designer's job that is one of those things that often gets missed or rushed, but it's called programming. And you sit down with those you know, clients and say, you know, what, how do you work? Is it two people in the kitchen? Do you eat a lot of, you know, is there a lot of prep to your meals or do you eat a lot of vegetables that need to be cut? Are you going to need, you know, a trash can near your cutting board? Where is the cutting board going to go? Where do we need a prep sink? How far away, you know, should the refrigerator be from the sink? Like all of those functions. And now once we get all of that out, it's so exciting to be able to put that, you know, together for Mm -hmm. clients. And those have been some of my greatest joys have been, you know, when people say at the end, like I've had clients Mm -hmm. cry saying, I never thought I could have anything like this. Um, You know, I had a project in Poway that she just she just wanted the kitchen remodel so badly. She didn't really think that she was going to get anything great out of it. And we went into it and she said, you know, I just, I just, whatever Formica countertops or whatever is fine. And I said, why? And she's like, well, I just don't want to spend the money. And I said, well, what if I could get you granite for the same price? She's like, well, you can. I was like, well, I like a challenge. So I will. <laughs> I did. And then, you know, she was really into baking. And so it was that, that exact same process. And I was like, okay, let's give you a workstation while you're baking and what can we, and so I built an integral cutting board into her mm-hmm. you know, countertop so that it, it could be lifted out and, you know, cleaned underneath and then put back and it had its space because it was never going to be put away. And, and it, you know, at the end, it was just so great because she was, you know, I, I didn't, I never would have dreamed that this, I just wanted a kitchen remodel. I'd waited 26 years for a kitchen remodel and now it's like a dream kitchen and, but it's her dream kitchen, you know? So mm-hmm. that's, to me, I just the greatest joy is to have somebody feel like their dream came true, not mine. Right. You know, I can I can post lovely Instagram photos all day long, but mm-hmm. it's really about how you are going to live in that space and how comfortable it makes your household. You know, where right. the way my husband cooks is not how everybody cooks, and so our our you know situation is going to be entirely different from somebody else's. So yeah. that's I think the most fun part. Yeah. And I think the, the thing that, um, about interior design for me is that it's not just about creating some like aesthetically pleasing space, although, you know, there is that. And I think, I, I I do think that that's important too. Um, you you know, anyone who's had to spend any amount of time at home right now will, I, I think come to realize that, but there's also, um, a piece about, um, the way that your home is set up and whether it's the functionality or the aesthetics, aesthetics, I think all play into, um, how you live as a family too. So for instance, um, you know, again, you know, we're in an apartment, but one thing that, you know, we talk about, 
you know, one day when we have a house, um, one thing that's going to be really important because we've got kids and small kids um, is being able to have like a more of an open plan so that if I'm in the kitchen, I can see my kids and interact with my kids. And um, so I don't have to, you know, okay, well, I'll go cook dinner and like lock myself away from them. Um, but there's still this aspect of we can all, it's it's really important for me that we can all still engage and, and I can be doing my thing and not have to compartmentalize you know, dinner time from family time and that that can all kind of be one. And right. so I think that's a, a great example of um, it's not just about how things are looking. I think there's a lot more importance in the design aspect than just, oh, I like the way that things look. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, now we're getting into more even like, um, you know, I've, I've have a couple of designer friends who've put like you know, fresh herb gardens in the, in the kitchen Island, you know, like mm -hmm. what do you, how are you going to live in this space every day and how is, what's going to make that both easier for you and like really special, you know, and, okay. um, and how is it going to affect your entire family? Not just, just you, you know, mm -hmm. and then we even go so far in programming. I love to sit down with clients and say like, tell me about, you know, your favorite, trip you've ever taken tell me about a favorite piece of art you know what um what really sparks you you know your mm -hmm. heart those kind of things because those are it's so fun to just pull in like little things that they're like you know shocked about oh you listened you heard that you know yeah um you that's it's so fun to to see their kind of um path again like that they didn't expect where it would land but like yeah we took that you know, trip that you, you know, took to France and we incorporated some of the things that you told me about that you loved mm -hmm. that this happened and that, you know, and, and we were able to, you know, pull in details, um, that, you know, are very personal. So mm -hmm. I love that. yeah, I would love to shadow you one day. <laughs> um, I, I just, I love the like personalization of that. Um, and, and even what you're saying earlier about, you know, this isn't, this isn't my kitchen, this isn't my design. This is what, um, you know, bringing really to life, um, what another person wants and, and parts of who they are into right. the, the space that they're in, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for a lot of folks too, I mean, I, I think we are one of them. We, you know, haven't really lived in a space that is, super conducive for hosting or, or having lots of people over, but that is something that we really would love to do one day. Cause that's, that's one way that we love to, um, I know give to others and, and kind of show our love. And like, I, I love when we have, we do have people over, um, and we're able to, to cook for them and we're able to kind of, you know, host them. And, mm -hmm. and that's a really special thing for me and being able to kind of show, um, you know, my, my care and my love for other people is, is through those types of things. And so even thinking about the spaces that people are, um, or that you're creating, helping to create for people, it, it might not even be for them, right. That might help contribute to how they are showing love to others and, and really, um, showing their giftings out into the world too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's, it's, that's, what's, I mean, it's really great if you're, if you're able to do a whole house or if you're able to think in terms of the whole house. And um, that is, you know, an important part, I think, to encourage people to like, okay, if you are going to remodel one aspect, if you're adding on, you know, how does that look? We want to make that this feel like it's part of the whole house. How does that relate? It might be, 
you know, if we're talking about a master suite, it doesn't necessarily in their brain think they don't think about, okay, entertaining and having people over, but how is that going to be attached to your home? And how is that going to feel from, you know, the outside? How's it, how are you going to move within that space to get back to the rest of the house? Like all of those little Mm -hmm. pieces. um, And that, you know, is very important in terms of like, the house working as a whole and not feeling like a remodel, you know, not feeling right. like I just added a box on to the end over there and you don't have to pay attention to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's definitely all about um, each individual family and everybody is so different. You know, it's, it's funny. I think like, especially in the age of Instagram, you'll see, you know, kind of a recycled look over and over and over and over. But when you get down to it with, you know, projects that you're working on, everybody's so different. And that's, you know, that's a really fun part of it is that every project, you know, there's, there's no copycats. There's no way to really, yeah. um, if you're, if you're really focusing on, on that individual. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing? Um, are there any trends or anything that you're seeing particularly when it comes to design right now that lots of folks are are really into or kind of what's, what's really popular right now? Well, in terms of structural um, and what people are wanting to do to their homes, the biggest trend is um, what we call ADUs, additional mm-hmm. dwelling units. Um, and that really is adding a, a sort of grandmother um, suite or mother-in-law suite. Uh, and it's a super important part, actually, because there was huge restrictions on that um, prior to last year um, because the city, you know, wanted to kind of pull more taxes. Um, if you were doing something that, you know, we would, we would find ways to kind of skirt around it a little bit like, no, 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 we're not putting in a kitchen. That's just plumbed for a washer, (laughs) but they, they were, they got onto us and they would start, you know, looking for those things and, and, um, it would shift everything into a whole nother, you know, path of permitting and taxes and big nose, you know, that it couldn't be done. Um, but you know, as the, as the baby boomer generation is aging, it's wonderful to be able to see families wanting to kind of stick together. And a lot of people have mm-hmm. that ability um, to, you know, either with on their property or to convert, you know, a space. If you add just, a, you know, another hundred square feet on, can you make that a, you know, a part of the home where that parent or whoever is going to be living in there feels like they have their own kind of sacred space. Um, so that is a huge huge shift and a really positive shift. And they've actually, a lot of the counties have made it um, easier to do. So there's a separate package and it's easier to get through permitting than, you know, going um, the the bigger way, you know, for the whole house. So um, I love that. I love that people are doing that. And um, aesthetically, I think we're kind of moving out of grays, which is nice. Um, We always see trends about four to five years before acceptance. So um, when we go to trade shows, you know, we get super excited and then we come home and nobody wants that stuff. So it's like, wow, that's weird. (laughs) Um, It's just like the designers go crazy. It's just like, it's new, it's shiny. Um, But it's a really hard sell. Like for five years, I was telling people brass is back. And they're like, no, it's not. (laughs) And finally, you know, people are like, oh, okay, maybe I'll try brass. Um, So right now I think, there's a, a little like mid-century modern style has been really popular and we're kind of shifting away from that hard, fast mid-century, I would say, and um, pulling elements that we love from it, like um, t- 
terrazzo tiles or terrazzo countertops. And, um, you know, there's a, some parts of mid-century that style that can feel a little cold. So if we're, mm-hmm. if we're pulling in some comfort with that, you know, and it still have that nice clean aesthetic, I, I would say that's probably one of the biggest trends is what people want to declutter their homes. And don't we all parents uh, want right. yeah. to just get rid of stuff um, and, and make everybody wants something that's not trendy, but by definition, it will end up being a trend. So you want something mm-hmm. that's going to have staying power is what I tell people. Not yeah. We're not going to make it trendy, but I don't, I can't tell you that the style is going to stick around forever, but I can tell you it's classic. You know, it has staying power. So that's kind of yeah. where we, I think, try to focus. Yeah. You definitely don't want like my uh, high school bedroom that I painted pink and black or hot pink and black. That's not a, that's not a, that had no staying power. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Or like, you know, everybody remembers like the avocado green toilets or orange countertops uh, from Brady Brunch. So, you know, and sometimes people still want that stuff. They, you know, they're okay with switching it out in a few years, which will always keep us in business. So that's okay too. (laughs) Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, we're kind of coming to a close, but one question that I like to ask um, my guests and the, the answer to this seems to really vary, which, you know, makes me love it even that much more, but is, um, what is creative, uh, creative living to you? Like if you're just defined that, what does it mean to live creatively? Um, I think for me personally, create to live creatively, um, is to be open to ideas. Um, whether it's your path in life or, you know, what you're going to have for dinner. I mean, I think you, not um, be so set in your ways that you can't see out, you know, outside that box, mm-hmm. um, and that you are you will always have you know greater adventures that way. And I think that's you know that's being creative. Yeah, I love it, and I've definitely found that to be true. So I resonate with that for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, um, before we close out, do you want to maybe share with folks where they can find you? Um, social media wise. Um, and then, um, if you've got a website or anything like that. Um, yeah, just a little bit about that. Um, so social media, Instagram, um, serendipity.co and, um, the website is, you know, been a gradual process, but that is also, um, you know what? I apologize. Serendipitydesign.co. I got to get used to that. <laughs> Not just serendipity. And then otherwise, I, you know, I'm, I think there's a Facebook page I haven't done much with, but I'm fairly easy to find on those three. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. Um, it was great not just to talk with you. I've wanted to have you on here for, for a long time, but um, it was just nice in, in the midst of COVID land to yeah. <laughs> see a familiar face. And, thank you. Um, you as well. All righty. Well, um, thank you everybody for listening and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Made to Create. And thanks as always for, for tuning in. And um, if you feel so inclined, we always you know, love to try and get the podcast out to as many people as we can. And so if you've got, you know, you're really enjoying it, we'd love for you to, to share that. And one really great and, and easy way to um, make sure that the podcast is accessible and um, can can get into the ears of other people is by just simply giving it a rating. Um, so thank you again for that. And uh, we'll see you next time.